0: Welcome to the WFO Life Podcast. Buckle up for interviews, insights, and practical discussions, and the occasional intellectual oddity, all designed to help you master self, master craft, and accomplish any life mission. Hey, welcome back to the WFO Life Podcast. This is Dr. William Curtis, and I'm doing a short bonus episode today uh, on something I found in a book called deliberate discomfort by Jason van Camp. It's kind of a personal development leadership style per, uh, book and I found a really interesting area that just got me thinking and with uh, Lieutenant Colonel's story on assignment with Hurricane Duty with uh, the Marine Corps, I wanted to make sure that we were you know putting out things that stimulated thought and uh, got you uh, you know keep, keep you moving forward. This topic today I'm going to call Enemies of Adaptability, and it's from a section in this Deliberate Discomfort book, and I want to go, basically it outlines several things that are common reasons that uh, teams or individuals cannot uh, maintain adaptability. They They can't flex and move with changing environments. And I think that's a really important part of personal development and team development, for that matter, and therefore definitely falls under the purview of mastering self, mastering craft, and accomplishing any life mission. So this will be a short one today, but I wanna go through and kind of explain these. There are five points that uh, Jason Van Camp makes in this book on the uh, enemies of adaptability. And I thank him for writing this book. It's very good. I uh, strongly recommend this for anyone that's just really trying to push themselves and develop themselves. It was a real spur for me whenever I, I first read it, and I do reflect back on it periodically. So uh, we all want to be adaptable and flexible, right? One of the first things um, is Fear and the author states here fear don't create a culture of anxious employees who are afraid to take their initiative or trust their judgment adaptability encourages daring bold moves remind yourself that everything will be all right in the end and if it's not all right it's not the end so i like i like that approach uh that that concept about fear uh, that um but it's true and i and i think there's a lot of in in the medical field right now. There's a lot of fear that goes on with regards to, you know, this pandemic that we've been working through and trying to understand it. And you see uh, on a lot of levels, you see fear uh, changing people's behaviors, treating people differently. Um, you also see organizations reacting to fear, you know, and uh, and you see a lot of um, you see a lot of conflict over that. And it's something that, you know, fear can change how you behave. And sometimes people even um, allow fear to change how they behave, uh, despite, you know, maybe it falls against their principles, things like that. So I think it's always important to understand fear. That's why we talked about it in a recent episode. Uh, If you look back uh, about three or four episodes, we did a a topic on fear specifically. And I I thought it was a a very good episode that helps us understand this important uh, aspect, uh, this important emotion. But it definitely uh, affects our adaptability when we're afraid we do things differently than we normally would. So the next of the common enemies of adaptability is habit. The author states, don't create a culture that eliminates thought. If you hear the answer, we always do it this way because this is the way we've always done it. You know you've created a mindless culture. Adaptability encourages questioning the status quo to to discover a more efficient and cost-effective way to do things. You know, more efficient, more effective. Um, I definitely am a big believer in habits, and in I, I I like to constantly look at the habits that I form on a daily basis, uh, or that I practice on a daily basis rather. And I think it's super important that we look at how our team behaves. What what are our habits and are they becoming stiff and rigid? Because, uh, man, again, going back to the medical situation in the world, you know, that's my, that's my backdrop right now. If you're not adaptable to what's happening, I mean, there's, there's so much information, some of it good, some of it bad, but there is so much information right now that if you're not constantly reading and learning. Um, and and if you get stuck in your ways, like like the way I'm treating patients for COVID right now is different than I treated them in during our first wave of uh, the pandemic. Uh, why? Because we know more. And if I'm flexible and adaptable, and I'm reading and learning and growing, well, then maybe my treatment protocols will be sharper, more effective, more, um, and hopefully more cost effective too. The next of these enemies of adaptability are inflexible systems. Author states, don't create a system that hinders individual autonomy and self-management. When systems become more specialized, opportunities for improvement become less possible. I think that's also super important. I know Jocko Willink, uh, who's written extensively on leadership, um, talks a lot about the idea of allowing individuals in your team some autonomy um we want to give them what we call a commander's intent we want to give our team members the intent of what we are are trying to accomplish the goal if you will but then we have to give people the autonomy and the self-management um freedom to be able to execute that plan because you just don't know sometimes when you micromanage things and you create just this rigidity and inflexibility in your organization, or your team, or your family, things like that. What ends up happening is is the individuals are not able to solve problems. They're, you're you're inhibiting their growth. You're also inhibiting their creativity. So I think it's really important that you know we put ourselves into systems that can move and bend, whether that be our family structure, or our business, or organizations, because this is how uh, improvement occurs which ties us into the next of the enemies of adaptability which is insufficient experimentation. The author states, don't rush to failure. Don't don't just copy what someone else is doing. Experimentation will cost time and resources, but it will also give you the peace of mind that you nailed the pa- nailed the pain and have the best solution. So this is um so something people don't think about a lot, you know, we're always wanting to try to do the right thing the first time. We you know, get it right, don't screw it up, you know. I I th- I think this is another way this insufficient experimentation is another w- a way of saying don't be afraid to fail. Failure is just, you know, you know, if you if you try something and fail, that's just one way you've learned not to do something. And I think being afraid to fail and not being willing to try things i.e. insufficient experimentation, as the author stated, I think is a real weakness when we look at people working in changing environments, in new situations, uh, with new tools, with new capabilities, any of these things that we run into where we have new um, novel situations and combinations of things that could go together, or combinations um, of treatment, or combinations of how to apply a tool, or... Uh, how to apply any number of new variables that you're working on. We've got to keep that mind open, and we have to be careful not to be afraid of failure and afraid to to try things. There's no there's no dishonor. There's no you know um, there's no real negative into failing as long as you're doing it with the the mindset that you're trying to learn something, and it, you don't kick yourself when you walk away from. Uh, a quote, failure, or a, a, a trial that didn't work the way you thought it would. Very important when you're trying to be adaptable. The last of the enemies of adaptability is uniformity. Don't promote conformity at the expense of divergence. A lack of diversity will restrict your ability to ideate and consider all options fairly. There is no growth if there is no conflict. If everyone is thinking the same, then no one is thinking. Wow. I I can no there's no better you know example in my mind right now than than the debates going on about COVID-19 and the treatment protocols and and uh, what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Boy, really just across the board. I think that the idea that we all have to be absolutely conformist and um Restricting ideas and thoughts, and um, censoring uh, opinions. I think. I think this is a crazy time for us, especially in the United States. And I think that we need to be careful. I, I think you know, to some extent, we're trying to get information right. And I and I do believe there's a, you know, there's sometimes a regurgitation of information that, uh, with the information age and the social media and all these things, is certainly. I guess there's a there's a risk of spreading uh, false information. There's a risk of, um, you know, perpetuating things that, that we never really had to worry about in the past because you know, communication was so slow. But I think now there really is, you know, because we're starting to restrict and there's really no um, – you know, there's there's no healthy respect for the ability to, to think outside the box and to consider things and, and to say, look, I might not have it all figured out, but I, I, I'm thinking deeply about this problem in various ways. I think we need to make sure that we're not too uniform in our thought. We're able to listen to outliers, people that might have a different opinion about something. And I, I think it's important that we do that and that we don't, Um, you know, we understand also that they're there's sometimes that causes friction. Because when you have multiple ideas and you have competing interest, maybe you have two hypotheses, which don't mean they're proven, but they're two ideas of how things might work, you, you debate that. And what does that look like? It looks like friction, it looks like, uh, it looks like conflict. But we should try to do the best we can to respect that we're discussing ideas and the people behind those ideas are valuable especially if they're well-intentioned and they and they're doing so with a from an honorable place and doing that from a place of trying to be helpful in a place where they're trying to learn from i think i think that's i think that's really key um it's not obviously people doing things to be spiteful to be hurtful um uh, that that that's difficult to deal with and that's a conflict we could use uh, do less of right But I think whenever we're looking at trying to explore scientific ideas or we're trying to persuade others to pursue our idea, you know, I think as long as we come at that, you know, from this respectful place and we try to um, argue our point, not um, degrade the other person who maybe is in conflict with us, I think that's, that's the best place to allow for diversity and divergence and not forcing uniformity on everyone, which of course just doesn't help growth. So this is a a short topic. I hope this meant something to you hearing these points, the enemies of adaptability. And again, I do encourage you uh, to read a book called Deliberate Discomfort. And the subtitle is How U.S. Special Operation Forces Overcome Fear and Dare to Win by Getting Comfortable Being Uncomfortable. This is Jason Van Camp with Andy Simons. Great book. I'm sure it's on Amazon or wherever you buy books at. And um, I hope it was helpful hearing my thoughts on that. I will keep it short. And if you're enjoying these bonus episodes, um, feel free to give us some feedback at the WFO Life Podcast Tribe inside of the Future Focus Health Network. We always put that at the end of the show notes, and you can click into our little you know our little part of the world where we interact with our uh, readers and listeners. And uh, certainly, if this was helpful to you, maybe it'll be helpful to someone else. So please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Podbean or wherever you listen to us. Um, that always helps. You know, podcasters that are trying to share their mission that always helps reach more people. Apparently there's an algorithm. Apparently there's like, you know, this whole thing behind the scenes that uh, helps get information in front of people. And if you're enjoying this, then uh, help us spread our message uh, by sharing and leaving uh, favorable reviews for us. So on that note, I'm going to end, and I know I'm going to give you a little preview that I've got a few cool episodes coming up, got some real live wires that we're going to have on here pretty soon, and uh, hopefully we'll get Chris back into the mix uh, when he gets back from his duty uh, that he is uh, engaged in right now. And on that note, have a great week. Take care.